Amen. If you're with me in John chapter 6, somebody say, preach it. All right, let's get down with the get down. John chapter 6, somebody say, what's in your hand? Come on, look at your notes, y'all, as you're reading through your Bible. You're going to ask some questions right here. They have that commercial, what's in your wallet? And, and it's kind of like a credit card commercial, and they're saying, what type of credit card do you use? You know, And if you have their credit cards, you're going to be cool. But I want you to say this with me. What's in your hand can make a difference? Come on, say it again. What's in your hand can make a difference? Now say it about yourself. Say, what's in my hand can make a difference? Now, you see, that was exactly what Jared did. He showed us that the talents that he has, the things that are in his hand, he made a difference. Let's read this story. John 6, verse 1. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the miraculous signs he had performed on the sick. Then Jesus went up to a mountainside and sat down with his who? Who did he sit down with, y'all? Man, don't you love how the Bible breaks the, down, breaks the difference down between a great crowd and disciples? Y'all caught that? Look at your word again. You're going to get something out of that right now, even before we preach. It says a great crowd of people were following. Why? Because they saw miracles. Because they saw signs and wonders. But who did he sit down and start talking to? What were those people called? Now ask yourself a question. Are you a part of the crowd or are you a disciple? You see, a disciple lives like Christ. A disciple just wants to hear about Christ. You see, a crowd comes just to get something from Jesus. A disciple comes to lay down their life to Jesus. Hello? The crowd wants to wear the cross. Disciples carry the cross. Woo! Come on now. You see, there's a difference between being in the crowd and being a disciple. You could come here to church and be a part of the crowd and think everything's okay. But Jesus came to make disciples. And when you are a disciple, Jesus says you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Somebody say amen. Come on, there he is with his disciples. Verse 4, the Jewish Passover feast was near. This is a, a feast for the Jewish people. This is where they sacrificed a lamb for their sin. Keep going in verse 5. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, see, he's got his disciple next to him. He says to his disciple, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. How many people know if Jesus asks you a question, he already knows the answer, right? He's pretty smart. Somebody say amen. All right, there you go. So he knew what he was going to do, but look at verse 7. He's testing Philip. Those are one of his disciples. Philip answered him. Eight months' wages would not be enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. See, Simon had a brother. Peter had a brother. His name is Andrew. He spoke up in verse 9 and said, Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far would they go with so many? Ooh, there it is. You see, Jesus knows what's going on. And Jesus called his disciples and said, how are we going to feed 5,000 people? How are we going to feed this crowd? And then Philip is like, man, we couldn't even feed these people with eight months' wages. If we had $30,000, we couldn't do it. But all of a sudden, Andrew comes along and says, here's a little boy that's got five loaves of bread and two fish. Let's see what Jesus can do with this. Look at verse 10. Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and the men sat down, about 5,000 of them. Notice it says the men, right? 
Remember that. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Verse 11. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed it to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all enough to eat, somebody said there was enough to eat. When there was enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled how many baskets? Twelve baskets with the pieces of five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the miraculous sign that Jesus did, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who has come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. Somebody say, What's in my hand can make a difference. I want you to think about this. Jesus is preaching. There are crowds of people around him. He's got his disciples, his boys right next to him. And he says, how are we going to feed all these people? The Bible says that 5,000 men sat down. So that means they counted 5,000 men. But in the census back then, they would not count women and children. So if you count the women and the children, there was probably over 20,000 people around Jesus Christ at this time. And here he is saying, guys, where are we going to feed them? They have been with us for three days. How can we give them something to eat? And all of a sudden, Jesus says, or Philip says, there's a boy here that has two fishes and five loaves of bread. That's all he had. But Jesus says, you know what? I'm going to pray for that. I'm going to multiply that. And there's going to be so much left over that all of these people right here, all of the people are going to get fed. Everybody say, what's in your hand? Now, I want to ask you a question here tonight. What is in your hand? I want you to think about what's in your hand. Look at your questions. Number one, how many actual people were probably with Jesus at the feeding of 5,000? There was actually about 20,000 people. Number two, how much food did the boy have? Five loaves. And two fishes. Now, number three, list some talents that God has given you. I want you to list some of the things right now that if Jesus was to look at your life, he would see talents and abilities in your life. Do you know that this boy that day that he was hanging out with Jesus just had enough for his own lunch? That's all that could feed somebody. Just look at that. That's what he had. And Jesus said, I can use what this boy gives me. Now, how many people know know that that boy did not have to give his food to Jesus? He could have kept his food that day, been selfish, and had his own little lunch all by himself. And I want to tell you what, that's what some of you are like. If you do not use your talents for God, I want you to think about some of the talents that you have. Maybe you're just an artistic person and you're just different. And a lot of people like being around you and you're very friendly. Let me ask you a question. Are you using your talent of making friends for God? Have you given it to the Lord or is it something you're just holding on to by yourself? I want you to think about that. You see, that day, there was 20,000 people that had a need, and that little boy had just a little bit of food, and nobody would have thought it was very special, but Jesus said, I can use it. I can give thanks and bless that, and it can help 20,000 people. You see, God could use your life to make friends and to change your high school and to change this city. Oh, it gets quiet when I preach like that? Somebody needs to say amen. Y'all need to wake up and get with me right now because I'm telling you, one person can make a difference. Maybe your talent is sports. 
Maybe you want to play football. Maybe you want to play baseball. And you're thinking to yourself, man, I'm going to do this for myself. I'm going to have a career. I'm going to make money. Yeah, just like that little boy, you can have your little five loaves and two fish and go take care of yourself. Go buy your little house. But guess what? You're not going to really help anybody. Or you know what you could do? You could use your ability, your sports ability, to be able to attract people to Jesus Christ. You could be the team captain and pray before your games. If one day you do become a professional sports player, you could use your money and give it away to people in hurting neighborhoods. You could help out youth groups like ours so we could have a gymnasium. Somebody say amen. You see, maybe you grow up and you get to go out shopping and you get to buy whatever you want. Whenever you go out with your mom, you can buy whatever you want because maybe your family is blessed. Maybe your parents have a great job. But you know what? God can use you to support our missionary in Mozambique and help the orphans. God can use you. That, 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 the little bit that you have, yes, it's more than what others have. But you know what? It's maybe a little bit to you. You're like, oh, it doesn't matter a lot. Yes, it does. You see, that boy, he had five loaves and two fishes, and he could have just took it and said, oh, this is mine. There's no way it's going to help all these other people. I'm just going to sit here and eat all by myself. And you know what that's like? That's like you always having new clothes, always buying your new school supplies, and you're not helping anybody else saying, oh, I can't make a difference. But God is saying, hey, if you give me the little bit that you have, if you give your tithes, if you give your offerings, if you begin to help out people, you can make a difference. Maybe you're smart. Maybe you're going to get a scholarship to school. Maybe you're somebody that's getting straight A's. Maybe you go to a school that you had to test into to get there. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever tutored somebody in the inner city? Have you ever went down to the elementary schools on the south side? Have you ever given back the knowledge that God gave you? So you can say to yourself, oh, this is only five loaves and two fishes. That can't make a difference. But you see, you know what this story is teaching us? That even the little bit of things that we have in our hands, if we give them to Jesus Christ, he can do a miracle and use our life to touch thousands of people. That's what I'm talking about. Come on, somebody say, preach it. You see, that's what it's about. What is in your hand? I want you to look at the talents that are in your life today. What did that boy have? Five loaves, two fishes. Didn't seem like a lot to everybody else, but Jesus said, Adam, I can use that. You know what? I always used to talk in class. Can you all believe that? And guess what? God said, Joe, I can use your ability to talk. I can use that. Joe, you like to be crazy and excited because I was like a class clown. You know what God said to me? Joe, I can use that. And you know what I could have did when I was 18 years old and I just became a Christian? I could have said, you know what? I don't want to help kids. I just want to get my own job. I want to have a nice house. I don't want to mess with teenagers on Friday night. Man, I just want to date and get married and enjoy my own family. And somebody else will worry about kids in Chicago. I'm going to stay in Indiana. I could have did that. And guess what I would have right now? Just my five loaves and two fishes. I would have my little job. My little house, my little family, and that would be it. But you see what God did? As I began to give him my five loaves and two fishes, as I began to say, God, I'll talk, I'll make friends, I'll stand out here two years ago. I stood out here on Halloween night, and I started making friends in the youth group. And I started inviting kids to a youth group that did not even exist. We had zero people coming to the youth group, and I'm handing out flyers to a youth group. And people are looking at me crazy like, what is a youth group? And I'm like, you've got to come and find out. And you know what? My wife and I did that. And look, two years later, you're sitting here. Did God multiply the five loaves and two fishes? You understand what I'm talking about? You can sit right now, wherever you are in life, and just hold on to your little gifts. 
you know what? I look at these guys that have all this popularity in sports, and I say they're just wasting their talent. They're just wasting their ability. Here they could go to schools and give away their money and help out people. But you know what they do? They go on MTV Cribs and they're like, oh, I'm so cool. Look at my whips. Look at my rides. Oh, look at all I have. And they just boast about everything they have. You know what I would rather have? I would rather have one young man like Gilbert go to heaven than drive five Mercedes Benz. Are you listening to me? You see, what do you want your life to count for? You see, right now, you are like that little boy. You are like that little kid sitting around 5,000 men. And that little boy had his little lunch. And you are like that boy just sitting here right now with your little bit of talents. And Jesus Christ is asking you, what's in your hand? And are you willing to give it to me? You see, that little boy was just sitting there. Just like you're sitting here right now, and you can just say, I'm little, I'm a teenager, and there's all these men around me. i got these parents. i got teachers. I'm just going to stay over here and do my own thing. I can't help anybody. But you know what? Jesus said, what's in your hand? And that young man gave what was in his hand. And the Bible says he prayed over it, he blessed it, and what that little boy had took care of 20,000 people. It's your time to make a difference. Somebody say amen. I want you to open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 25. I'm going to show you how to do it. Somebody say, preach it, preacher. I need some water up here. Somebody help me. I'm already preaching myself silly. I need some more water. <laughs> He's giggling. <laughs> All right. Turn with me to Matthew 25. When you're there, somebody say, I'm there. If you're not, say, hold them up. Okay, I'm going to wait for y'all. I want to show you right here what it means to be given talents from God. Matthew chapter 25, Jesus is going to tell a parable, thank you, about people in life who are given talents and what they do with it. Do you know that one day you're going to be judged not just on whether or not you cussed, whether or not you stole. A lot of us think, hey, if I don't steal, kill anybody, cuss or beat people up, I'm going to be pretty good. Do you know that Jesus is going to judge you on judgment day for what you did with your life? Like, what did you actually do with what you were given? The talents that you Excuse me, the talents that you had, maybe you can make friends well. How did you make friends? Jesus is going to judge you. Did you make friends for your own popularity, put other people down? Jesus is going to judge you on that. He is people. He's going to judge you on what you did with your money. Let's say you became a successful business person. God's going to show every penny that you made and show you where you went, where that money went. God is going to judge you. Let's say one day you have a big family and a nice house. God is going to judge you on what you did in your house with your family. I want you to see this, young people. You need to make a decision in your mind right now that your life belongs to Jesus Christ and that one day you're going to give an account for it. You see, I could talk to you all like you're little kids, but I'm going to tell you what. There's not little kid judgment when you go up to heaven. It's not like Jesus is going to step down off the throne and go, Oh, Dito, good to see you up here. I'm so glad you made it. No, when you stand before God on judgment day, you're going to face the same judge that I'm going to face, that Hitler's going to face, that every person that's ever lived on this earth. There's only one judgment seat, y'all, and Jesus Christ is going to be there. The Bible says every knee will bow, every tongue can confess at his throne that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And when your life is there and heaven and hell is in the balance, what is God going to say about your life, Sherman? 
What's God going to say you did with your life, Jerome? What is God going to say you did? Now, those of us that are Christians, the Bible says that our sins are going to be forgiven and that our name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And he's going to say, come into my kingdom. But before you get into the kingdom, he is going to reward you for what you did for him. And I'm going to tell you this right now. Some of you are going to go to heaven and the Bible says you're not going to have any rewards. And the Bible says when they start to worship in heaven, that people who have crowns throw off their crowns at Jesus' feet. And you know what those crowns are? Those crowns represent their life. And the Bible says that on your crown are the souls that you've won for the Lord. And those souls are going to represent, be represented by jewels and diamonds. And the things that you gave your money to to help the poor. The Bible says true religion is helping the poor and orphans. And like people in Mozambique. And the Bible says there's going to be jewels around your, your, your throne. I mean around your, uh, your crown. And the Bible says that we are going to cast our crowns. We are going to cast our crowns at Jesus' feet. And you know what? Some of you that day, you may have a crown, but it's going to be like a Burger King crown. You ever seen that? And everybody's going to be worshiping God. They're going to say, Jesus, I love you. This is my life. I laid down my life for you. People made fun of me. But this is what I did. I won souls. I started a school club. Jesus, here's to you. And people are going to throw their crowns. And you're going to say, man, I want to do that. Man, I want to throw my crown. And you're going to take your crown. You're going to have one little diamond on it. Because at one time you came to church. And you're going to say, here you go, Jesus. And all of a sudden a little gust of wind's going to come. And your little crown's going to come right back. You're going to go, oh, Jesus, and you're going to have to be like, that's my little crown. I'm just kind of teasing, but seriously, you're going to be judged in heaven and rewarded for what you did. When you get to heaven, do you want to have treasures in heaven? The Bible says store up for yourself treasures in heaven because where your treasure is, there is your heart. I'm going to teach you right now how to make a difference on this earth that not only will help people here, but will bless God for all of eternity. If you want to learn how to do it, say amen. You guys got to learn. We all have got to learn what does it mean to make a difference for Christ in eternity. If you're in Matthew chapter 5 or Matthew chapter 25, say I'm there. Matthew chapter 25 starting in what verse was that? 14 says again, this is Jesus telling a parable. It will be like a man going on a journey. What's he talking about? Jesus is talking about the end times, the judgment. This is what he's talking about right here. Matthew 24 is the signs of the end time. Antichrist, scary stuff, <laughs> dragon, okay, bad stuff. Right there was Matthew 24, now 25. He's talking about judgment. Somebody say judgment. <clears throat> again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to him. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, to another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with two talents gained two more. Verse 18. But the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Somebody say he hid his money. Verse 19, after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I've gained five more. What's five plus five? All right, there you go. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Verse 22, the man with two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I've gained two more. What's two plus two? 
You are good. Verse 23, his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received the one talent came and said, master, I know that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. Somebody say one uh, divided by one equals one. Okay, one. Everybody say one. That was weird. Verse 26. You caught that. Verse 26. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown, gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that I returned, I would receive it back with interest. Take the talent from him. Somebody say, take it away. Take the talent from and give it to a one who has ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more, and he who has will have an abundance. He who does not have even what he has will be taken from him. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Somebody say, help us, Lord. Here's the parable. There's a man. He owns a business. He goes away on a journey. He finds three managers. Somebody say, managers. Another word for managers is stewards. He finds three bosses, three people that are going to be in charge of his business. One man he gives how many talents to? Five. Another man he gives how many to? Two. And another one he gives how many to? One. Now watch this. You might be saying, what's a talent? A talent is equal to 3,000 shekels. What is a shekel equal to? One U.S. dollar. So if the man had Five talents, how many shekels did he have? Five times three equals 15. So how many dollars did he have in our money? $15,000. Look at that question. Verse 5, describe how much one or how much money is one talent. One talent is $3,000. So a man was given, the first man with five talents, how many dollars was he given? Y'all are off. Y'all ain't paying attention. Don't say it if you don't know. The man who was given five talents was given how many dollars? $15,000. That's a lot of money. So this boss entrusted this man with a lot of money. Now the next one gets two talents. How many shekels did he have? 6,000 twos times three. So how many dollars did he have? Six thousand dollars. How many know that's a lot of money? And the guy that had one talent, one times three is what? Three. And how many shekels is that? Three thousand. So how many dollars did he have? Okay, so let's go through and answer this question. Number five. Let's just put number five is how much money each person got. How much did the first person get? Fifteen thousand. Y'all are slow. I'm disappointed. Man, I've got to start over again for special ed class today. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. It's hard on a pastor. I just repeated it like 20 times really slow, and it's right up there for everybody to see. Starting from the beginning, the man that had five talents had how many dollars? $15,000. The one who had two talents had how many dollars? You guys are making me happy. And the one that had one talent had how many dollars? Okay. Now watch this. The guy goes on a journey. He comes back and he says, okay, dude, 
$15,000. I gave you a lot of money. What did you do? You know what the guy comes up and says? He's like, man, I took your $15,000. I invested it in the stock market. Here is $30,000. And the manager says, well done. How many know somebody would be happy if they just doubled up their money, right? That's a good, that's a good manager right there. Then he says to the next guy, okay, you had $6,000. What did you do with my money? The dude comes up and says, man, look, you gave me two talents, which is 3,000 shekels, which is $3,000 times two is $6,000. I went and doubled up two. Now I got 3,000 times two is $6,000. Boom. Okay, 12. I'm messing up. I'm trying. You. Now watch. Now watch. Y'all are mean. Y'all are mean. Where do you all get that from? Now watch. The guy with one talent comes forward, and he thinks he's cool. He's like, okay, okay, everybody else doubled up. But, you know, man, I was playing Super Nintendo, and, and nobody plays that anymore. But I was playing PS3, I mean, and Halo, and I was talking to my friends. And, you know, so he's like, you know what? I'm just going to give back my one talent, which is $3,000, right? And he thinks the manager is going to be happy. But what happens? The boss looks at him and says, dude, you're a lazy servant. You are a fool. You know that I work hard. You know what this money meant to me. And you did not even put it in the bank. How many know you can get interest in the bank without any risk? About two of you know about bank accounts? Okay. And you know what he says to the man? Take away his money and give it to the one that has ten. I want you all to think about this right now. What is Jesus teaching us right here? Jesus is teaching us that every single one of us have been given talents. You may look to the person next to you and you may say, you know what? I don't have as many talents as so-and-so. You may say, I'm not as smart as the next person. Or I'm not as good of an athlete as another person. But you know what? It doesn't matter if you've been given five talents, two talents, or one talent. Jesus Christ has given every single one of us talents. Now, guess what? He went on a journey. Jesus came to this earth. He died on the cross, was buried, rose again. And then what did he say? He says, I'm coming back. Now, let me ask you a question. If Jesus came right now, what would he say you did with your life? What would Jesus Christ say, Juan, you did with your life? How many talents did he give you? I don't know. Maybe he gave you five. Maybe he gave you two. All as I know is when Jesus Christ comes, Juan, you're going to stand before him, and he's going to say, what did you do with the talent I gave you? That boy had five loaves and two fishes, and you know what he did? He gave it to God, and he said, God, use my life to make a difference. I want everyone to stand up with me, please. I don't want anybody moving around. I want everybody to stand up with me. This is what happens to the person who does not use their talents. Then, let's read it again. The man who had received the one talent came and said, I know that you're a hard man and you've been doing all this hard work. He says, so here's what belongs to you. Verse 26, his master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. You knew I harvest where I have not sown, gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit. So when I returned, I would have it back with interest. Look at what it says in verse 28. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. Do you know that I think that right now that there are people that could be better youth pastors than me? I think that there's people that are probably funnier than me, probably nicer than me. 
But you know what? You know why I'm a youth pastor and also a senior pastor? Because God had to take their talents from them and say, hey, Joe's willing to go. I'll give it to Joe. Joe, you go be a youth pastor. You know what? I think there's a lot of people in Chicago that are 100% capable of being pastors, starting churches, and doing wonderful things. But you know what? I think God had to take me from Fort Wayne and bring me to Chicago because he was saying, you know what, a lot of these pastors in Chicago, y'all just trying to get rich. You're playing games. You're lacking the true heart of a pastor. You don't help the community. I'm going to bring somebody here and and help the community. You want to know why today, why I think this room is filled? I don't think it's because I'm the greatest person. I don't even think I have one talent. I think that, you know what, when you compare me to other people, I probably have a half a talent. But you know what? I said to God one day, God, I want to use my talent for you. And you know what I begin to see, Alex, is that every day God begins to give me new talent. I never thought I could use PowerPoint, but I used PowerPoint. There was a time I actually wrote Christian hip-hop, believe it or not. Yeah, I actually was a rapper. Why? Because no rappers would rap to my kids about Jesus. And when I was in New Orleans, so I started rapping to them about Jesus. Now I want to ask you a question. Is God going to use the talent that you have, or is he going to take it from you and give it to somebody else? Are you going to be the team captain of your sports team? Or is God going to raise up that freshman? And when you graduate and you think he was just a dork, God's going to raise up that little dorky freshman. He's going to be the team captain. He's going to be the one that prays with the team. You see, God will pick somebody that you and I think is a nobody. Why? Because that person's willing to use their talents for God. The Bible says take away the one that the guy didn't use and give it to somebody else that's willing to use it. You know why I think today God is blessing Tisa in Africa? There's over 6,000 churches in Africa and the organization that they're in. You know why? Because this girl, this woman that, that she works for, Tisa works for this woman that said, you know what, I'll go to Africa. No one else wanted to go. No one else wanted to start churches. All these pastors wanted to have churches in suburbs and build big buildings and have nice cars. But this woman said, I'll go to Africa and I'll work in orphans. You know what God did? God gave her 6,000 churches. It's one of the largest organizations in Africa right now. You know what? Do I think that Leilani is the first girl in Prosser to be a Christian? No. Do I think out of all the thousands of students that y'all have at that school, Prosser, do I think that, that she's the smartest? She's smart, but do I think she's the smartest? No. Is she the prettiest? Is she the most popular? No. But you know what? God says, I'll choose her. While all these other girls are trying to jock on guys and try to be the prettiest, she says, you know what, I'll use my talent for God, and God is blessing her. And I say, go, girl, and you are beautiful and you are smart. Amen? But you know what I mean. Because you know what? Sometimes you say to yourself, man, I'll do something for God when I get higher up in life or when I get older. Or you look around the room and you say, oh, you know what? If I was pretty like so-and-so, then I would do something for God. But right now I'm kind of ugly. Nobody likes me in my school. I know you guys think like that. And I know some of you guys say, you know what? I'm not that tough and a lot of people don't respect me, so I'm not going to do anything. I don't want to stand out. Let me tell you something. God will pass you up. He'll take that talent from you, and he'll give it to somebody else. But here's the good news. Everybody has a talent. Everybody has something that God has given them. And if you give it back to God, 
even as small as it seems, as five loaves and two fishes, you can make a difference. Let's close our eyes and pray. Father God, I thank you for bringing us here today. Father God, I thank you that every person in this room is special, Lord. That each person here, Father God, you know, and that you gave them a plan for their life, Father. And that, God, if they compare themselves to other people, they may not think that they have a whole lot. But, Father God, you're not asking them to compare themselves to the person next to them. God, you're just asking them to do what you called them to do. And, Father God, I thank you, Lord, for all the talent that is in this room today. And I pray today, Father God, that at Elevate, everybody uses their talents for God. I think it's kind of cool like how the word talent in the Bible actually is a form of money. But in the English language, the word talent actually means special ability. And so it works out so perfect. Jesus gave talents to each one of those men and then came back and judged them. Now Jesus has given you talents and one day he's going to come back and judge you. Are you going to use your life for God? Are you going to make your life count for Jesus Christ? Every head bowed and eyes closed. I'm going to ask the first question tonight and that is do you need to become a Christian? You've got to be born again today. If you haven't, I'm going to tell you why. Because Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. He loves you. And he came to take your sins. And sins are things that you've done against his commands. And everybody's done them. And I know that you have. And today, if you have not been born again, when you stand before Jesus Christ on judgment day, he's going to say, depart from me, for I never knew you. But today, if you accept him, he'll forgive you of your sins. He'll give you a new life, and by having a new life, you'll have purpose for the years that you're here, and when your body dies, your soul will be in heaven. So that's kind of an easy choice, isn't it? It's like heaven or hell. What do you want? Now, here's the deal. Here's what makes a Christian a Christian, because I'm sure everybody wants to go to heaven. But here's what makes a Christian a Christian, is they say, my life will now belong to God. That's the deal. If you give him your life today, and he gives you eternal life, now it's all about him. And you've seen a lot of our teenagers, a lot of our young people tonight talk about what their life is for God. Now are you willing to do that? So every head bowed and eyes closed, no moving around. I want you to be honest with yourself. Have you been born again? If you have not been born again and you want to be, I want you to raise your hand right where you are. We're not going to embarrass you. We're going to pray for you that you can accept Christ and that you can see all that God has for your life. So hands are going up. I'm going to wait a few more moments. Who today wants to be born again? This is where your life starts. This is what a Christian does. This is what a true disciple does. They say, I want to be like Christ. I want to follow Jesus. Now everybody raise their hands. And those who just raised your hands, we're going to pray this prayer. And everybody's going to pray it with you. But now you've got to give your heart to God. This is your time right here. And if you mean business with God, He'll mean business with you. I want everybody to pray this, and especially those who just raised their hands. Everyone say this with me. Dear Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I believe that you rose again on the third day to give me salvation. Today I accept you into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Change me 
and let my life from this day forward glorify you. Let it be all about you. My life for your glory. Now with your hands raised, even Christians, let's ask God right now to do that. If you just ask Jesus in your heart, I want you to commit your life to him. Some of you are in relationships with boyfriends and girlfriends. You know that's not right. You need to give that to God right now and say, Lord, when I go home, I'm going to break up with them. Some of you may have habits in your life, smoking, drinking. We've seen alcohol thrown away here, pornography, bad CDs. Come on, some of you just need to raise your hand and say, God, I'm going to go home and throw that junk away. Come on, some of you here have bad relationships with your parents. You disobey your parents. You're rebellious. You get in trouble at school and at home. You need to say, Lord, give me strength to obey my parents and authority and to be a good, home, a good student at home and be a good child, be good to my family and good to my school. Jesus, I pray you raise up young radicals in this place. I pray you raise up young disciples, people who want to be radical for you, God. They don't have to wait till they get old. God, they can do it right now. I'm going to give you a few moments to talk to the Lord right now. A few more moments. Because I'm about ready to do an altar call in just a second for all those who want their life to count. And I don't want there to be any excuses why people stay at their seats. So right now, get your heart right, guys. Because now the next step is going to be, is your life going to make a difference or are you just going to live for yourself? You see, you might be able to say, well, I'm not that bad of a person. Yeah, but who are you living for? What's life about? Is it just about you? Is it just about your, your baseball team? Is it just about your four friends and no more? You see, Jesus Christ gave you gifts. He gave you ability. He gave you talents. Who do you want those talents to benefit? Just yourself? Or do you want them to benefit God and the people around you? Come on, I'm going to give you guys a few more minutes to get your hearts right with God. And then I'm going to call up all the world changers and generation shakers to come up here in just a few minutes because we're going to give our lives to God. I don't care if you got one talent or five talents. We're going to lay it down in just a few moments. But I'm going to give you a chance right now to get right with God. Get the junk out. Focus on why you came here. I stopped early on purpose because I want us to have time to pray tonight. Jesus said that my house will be called a house of prayer. It's not just a house of video games or food. It's not just a house of your friends and hanging out. Jesus said my house, my casa, is a place where we pray. And tonight we're going to pray and ask God to have us make a difference. A few more seconds. Come on, get your hearts right with God tonight. No matter who you are, God brought you here for a reason. You can start right now. You can start right now. Now, this is what I'm going to ask you to do, everybody, with their head bowed and eyes closed. It's going to be really simple right now. It's going to be really simple. This is how it works. I'm going to pray a prayer, and then I'm going to count to three, and I'm going to ask those who are radical, who want to make a difference, who are tired of just sitting around the 20,000 and watching everybody starve, and you know you can do something about it, and you want to make a difference. In just a few moments, I'm going to ask those people, not the fakers, not the people who care about other people's opinion of them. I'm going to ask the ones that want to make a difference, like that little boy, in just a few moments to get out of their seats and come to the front and cry out to God. Because I'm going to tell you something right here. As surely as I'm standing here, as surely as God has used my life to make a difference, this is nothing compared to what he can use you to do. This is just the beginning. God can do so much with your life. 
God has so many plans for you. The Bible says that not even your own imagination can, can fathom it all. Father God, I pray right now that in this room we'll have God seekers. I pray right now, God, we'll have raised up out of this room pastors and, and, God, godly men and women who are going to start clubs of their school and clubs at their college, Lord. I pray that out of this room, God, will come virgins until the day they get married, Father God. I pray out of this room, God, will come mothers and fathers who will never forsake their children and always have a blessed home. God, I pray out of this room, God, will come true men of God who not only are not a part of gangs, but they get people out of gangs. I pray, Father God, that out of this room, God, it changes schools. If one guy, Hover, can start, Hoover, can start the GDs and put a gang on the map in this city, God, I know one person can put your name on the map in this city, Father God. God, I believe that out of this room, teenagers, young adults, oh God, can give you the little they have. And Lord, you can multiply it and touch thousands with them. In Jesus' name, if that's you, on the count of three, come out of your seat and Come to the front and kneel and pray with me tonight that God will use you. One, because God is calling us to make a difference. Two, because there's nothing like doing things for God. One, two, three, if that's you, I want you to come. Come on, right now. Come on, who are you? Who's the little boy here with, three, with five loaves and two fishes?